0: Life audio. Hey there, Heather Creekmore here. Thanks for listening to the Compare to Who show today. Today we're talking exercise. Now, stick with me if you hate exercise (laughs) or if you love exercise. I promise you there is something in this episode for everyone, wherever you are on the spectrum of how you feel about exercise. Today we're talking about kind of the theology of exercise. Does God require us to exercise? Is it sin not to exercise? What does a healthy relationship with exercise look like? And then we're going to have two more episodes where we're going to talk even more about what does it mean to really be And how does that work for those of us with body image issues? Is that actually an attainable status? And then in the third episode, we're going to talk about something really surprising, which is this concept that there are people out there who are exercise non responders physically people who exercise just doesn't work for in the same way works for others. And so I think that'll be really fascinating. I'm glad you're here today. Before we dig in, I just want to tell you about a homeschool program that my family has used for 10 years, which is called Classical Conversations. If you're interested in homeschooling, I highly recommend Classical Conversations. The program equips parents with a proven curriculum and support from a local community of homeschool families, all walking the same path together. You're their first teacher, be their best teacher. Learn how to make homeschooling doable for you and your family at classicalconversations.com backslash compared to who. That's classicalconversations.com backslash compared to who. Now let's get to the The pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show, and hey, tell a friend about it. So today we're talking exercise, and before we dig into that, I just want to remind you of two quick things. Thing one, Burden of Better is on sale for 99 cents, but this is the last week, so I hope you're listening to this episode the day it released or close to the day it released because this promotion, I think is going to end on Mother's Day. So grab your copy of Burden of Better on Kindle this week or tell friends about it, you know, hey. I think an awesome thing to do would be to grab a couple friends, get them to all download the book on Kindle and go through the content together. There's questions at the end of every chapter. I make it super easy for you to connect around these comparison and body image issues. And you know what? You'll have stronger friends at the end of it. And you'll also start to feel more freedom as you think about these issues from a spiritual perspective. So that's announcement number one. Announcement number two is hey, I have a ton of listeners to this show, but not that many reviews. Would you help me change that? Reviews are super important to the ratings and ranking system, and just for other people to be able to find this show, it needs a lot of reviews. Would you consider doing that? If you don't know how, you can go to comparetoyoume slash podcast, and I have some instructions at the bottom of that page as to how to leave a review. If you're listening on Spotify, it's super easy there. Apple's a little bit more complicated. But I would just really genuinely appreciate your reviews. Okay, now let's get into exercise. I'm going to start this section by calling it kind of the theology of exercise. But don't think about it as that deep because we're going to kind of stay, I don't know, we're going to stay somewhat surface level with things that you probably already know and acknowledge, right? But God made our bodies, right? That's the first part of our theology of exercises, the theology of the body, God made our bodies, he designed our bodies, every intricate part of them. And part of his design for our bodies was for them to move. Now, in more primitive cultures, right, their movement likely had more to do with know, trying to catch dinner or grow dinner, right? Or just get from place to place. Life was very different centuries, thousands of years ago, right? Even when Jesus was on earth, as they traveled throughout the regions, they were walking everywhere, right? Uh, So different life than we have now. And in fact, exercise probably wasn't even a category for the average person back in Jesus' day, back in Bible times, because they got enough exercise just Doing life. Now it's interesting, we're going to talk about this passage uh, towards the end of today's show. But 1 Timothy 4 8 is where we have that famous verse that so many people have used to justify, like, exercise is biblical. Uh, And that's a verse that talks about how physical fitness is of some value. So think about the reality that the ancient Olympic Games actually started, I think it was 776 BC. Before Christ. So there were Olympians and athletes in the time before Jesus came to the earth, right? So competing in sports of physical strength and physical fitness, that concept has been around for a long time. But again, the average person probably wasn't doing that. Exercise was more for those people who had chosen to pursue, and I don't even know if it would be a career, but to pursue um, competition in the physical fitness arena, so the question then comes, like, was that a command for everyone? Or is that just a general observation? We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But, but my question today, and a question I've heard some people argue is, does God command us to exercise? And I think that's a tricky one, right? Because I can't go so far as to say that God commands us to exercise because the word exercise is so loaded in our culture. But I do think it's fair to say that God asks us to be a good steward of our bodies and part of being a good steward of your body, if you are able-bodied, if your body can move, is to move it, right? That's a privilege of good health. Uh, That's a privilege of, again, being able-bodied, and you will benefit from the movement, right? There are so many studies out there showing how good exercise is, not just for our physical bodies, but also for our brains. In fact, I'm sure you've heard of the studies that show exercising a few times a week is more powerful than any antidepressant. If you have anxiety, if you're stressed out, If you're just feeling sluggish and blah, it is amazing what a difference exercise can make. And I believe that's not coincidence. And that's not just like, I don't know, some new phenomenon. I think we're wired that way. I think God made us that way we live in a sedentary society, chances are like me, you're sitting most of the day, or you're connected to your device when you're not working. And maybe you get home after sitting all day and you're tired and you sit all night, right? Like we do have a cultural societal problem where we are more sedentary. We don't have to walk from place to place we get in our cars and drive from place to place we don't even have to like work around the kitchen to prepare food we don't have to go out and grow food i mean some of you do and i applaud you for that but we don't have to do those things we can just drive up to a restaurant and have them give us some food right? So it's a different culture that we're living in. And so we do have to ask the question, if our bodies are created to move, if moving them helps us feel well, then shouldn't we do it? And I think the answer is yes. But let me give some caveats to that, right? None of this is super black and white. Grace gives us the freedom to make good choices for our body that aren't always perfect choices. And so what I want you to understand in this is that you may not do this perfectly and that's okay. This may be really messy for you, especially if you're coming out of an unhealthy relationship with exercise. And we're gonna talk about that in just a second. But the world sets up this dichotomy that you have to do exercise in the exact way they say you have to do it or you will pay the price. And I don't think that not exercising, according to this definition, according to the world's definition, is a sin. I think we have to be very clear in the reality that culture is constantly telling us how to eat. We've talked about that on the show a number of times. But they're also telling us how to exercise. And that's not the advice we have to heed. Not doing it culture's way does not mean we're sinning. God does have a way and I think a desire for us to move our bodies, but that doesn't have to look like your favorite Instagram influencer. And we are talk about that right after this quick break. So if God has given you the ability to move, and I know not everyone listening has that ability, so that's why I want to make that distinction, but if God has given you the ability to move your body, and you're not using your body to move for his service and glory, you're staying home and you're staying still, then I hope that this show will be a call for you to take some action. But hear me, I'm not necessarily saying action like you need to go join the gym. Instead, what I'm saying is there are many ways that we can actively serve the Lord that culture may not call exercise, but these ways require us to physically move our bodies. For all of my teacher friends, teachers, you're moving all day long. I know when I teach, I'm exercising. At least my Apple Watch tells me I am. And that's a gift that God has given us teachers. And in using our gifts, we're moving our bodies. Maybe you have the gift of service. Maybe you volunteer. Maybe you help set up at church you work in a food pantry, moving food on and off the shelves, or you care for children, or you care for neighbors, or you care for aging parents. Service requires us to move our bodies. And understand, that's a form of movement. That counts. You don't have to feel any guilt or shame if you are moving all day long in service for God, but not exercising the way the world tells you to exercise. But the flip side of that is if you're not, if you're not using your gifts, if you're not moving, if you're sedentary, then my friend, get moving. And if you hate the thought of exercise, remove that word from your vocabulary and just think about how can I serve the Lord? And maybe serving the Lord for you right now just looks like I'm going to serve you with my body by taking a walk where I can reconnect and hear from you. And I'm not going to take my phone and I'm not going to listen to anything, but I can just maybe calm <laughs> calm myself down by walking in nature and reconnecting with God and praying. And that's how I'm going to serve the Lord through movement. Or maybe it's time for you to step it up. Maybe you need to volunteer for something. Maybe you need to get more active in something. Maybe God's even calling you to that. Let me encourage you, friend, do it. If you've been given the gift of mobility, use it. So... So how do you know if you're doing enough? How do you know if you're exercising enough? You're like, okay, Heather, I'm a teacher and I, you're, I hear you. Like I'm exercising all day, but I still feel like it's not enough. I still feel like I need to do something else. Well, I would say ask yourself the question. Like why do you feel that way? Do you feel that way because at the end of the day you actually have extra energy and you feel like, okay, I just want to go do something and that would help me feel good? Well, then maybe that's a sign. Maybe your body is talking to you, telling you, okay, it's time to exercise. More, or do you get home and just feel physically exhausted and instead are letting guilt and shame come from maybe the messages you're seeing on television or social media tell you that you're not exercising right, you're not doing enough exercise, and that you need to do more? Like, that is not guilt and shame from the Lord, but similarly. If you're staying still all day, (laughs) you work all day in a chair and you sit still all night in front of the television, and you feel prompting that maybe you should just go for a walk, that could be healthy and holy conviction to move your body. But understand God isn't trying to make you exercise so that you can wear a certain clothing size. It's just that He knows the movement will be good for you. Now, Sometimes we do choose to move our bodies in specific ways, specific exercises, because we know it will help us take care of our specific body's needs. And sometimes we make these choices, hard choices to do things based on what's good for us not based on what we would enjoy. So example of this I'm thinking of is the pelvic floor program that I did last summer. And I've talked about on the show, Tighten Your Tinkler is the program. You can go check it out. I did lots of episodes where I talked about it, but I did a whole episode with them. But I was having bunion problems and pee all the time problems and sneeze pee problems. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And doing pelvic floor work, which is really just working on your core, is helpful to all of those issues. But I hate core work. (laughs) Like literally hate doing that stuff. I do not love planks. I do not love any of, of that. But I knew in order to improve the strength of my pelvic floor to solve these other issues I was experiencing, I needed to do that hard work. There are cases where... Movement may not be joyful, (laughs) but the results of doing that movement may have a benefit to us. Similarly, let's talk about weight training. Okay, I prefer cardio, I would much rather do cardio. I don't love weights but I'm getting older. And I think I've already lost a lot of lean muscle mass because of my decades of food restricting. And so I'm trying to preserve what little muscle I have left and strengthen it as I get older for the sake of my future mobility and for my bone health. So that is a good enough reason for me to try to incorporate weight training and how I move my body now, even though I don't love it. Do I feel shame or guilt when I miss a session that I was supposed to do weights? No, I can be peaceful about it, right? Because it's not about trying to meet some certain standard or objective. Again, it's so messy because there's grace. It's not black and white. This is something I want to do for my life, not just for a season until I get the body shape I desire, And so it can be messy. It can be imperfect. I can skip a week because I was just too busy or too tired and come back to it knowing that my heart's motivation is really just about doing something to better equip my body to serve, to make my body fit to serve the Lord and to help my body stay that way as long as possible. Now, Again, we have no guarantees, and we're going to talk about this in a future episode, right? Like, we can do the best we can with our bodies, but we don't have any guarantee of health. And And my friend Jimmy Pena, who I want to get on this show, <laughs> we were scheduled and it didn't happen, but Jimmy Pena has a great ministry called Pray Fit. And his testimony is going from someone who was super into fitness and exercise and then got injured. And then it was just kind of all downhill from there where he found himself really not being able to do anything at all, kind of losing all of his fitness and and actually ended up volunteering in special needs at his church and recognizing that so many people do not have the mobility that he had and that he took for granted. So if you are looking for someone to follow on Instagram, I, I say go follow Jimmy Pena on PrayFit. He uses so many great illustrations from just working with people who are able-bodied in the fitness industry and people who are suffering severe disabilities and really bringing faith into all of that to make it make sense. So yes, exercise is good. Exercise is good for us. Maybe this is your prompting to do more exercise, but maybe... Your relationship with exercise hasn't been healthy. Exercise can go bad, okay? So let's talk about what that looks like. Here are some. Examples of when I think our relationship with exercise gets unhealthy. Number one, when exercise becomes a penance for our food, and this word's in quotation, sins. Right, when exercise is what you have to do after you've eaten something that you feel is not good for your body or not what you want to go into your body. That is a misuse of exercise. Right. In fact, that actually is kind of borderline, and maybe for. Some of you has gone all the way into an eating disorder behavior, which is called exercise bulimia, where you are instead of purging like in the toilet, throwing up, you are purging calories by trying to burn off what you ate, or trying to burn off more than what you've eaten, maybe regularly. And friends, that's how I lived for many decades. I wouldn't have known that I had exercise bulimia, no one had given it that name. In fact, I thought culturally I was just doing what was expected of me, right? Because that's what you're supposed to do if if you eat it, burn it off. Oh, we need to stop saying that. (laughs) Friends, that's eating disorder behavior. It's not healthy. And I think I did a lot of damage to my body through living that way. Right? Another way exercise goes bad is when it becomes obsessive. Okay, and obsessive might be too big of a word. Let me let me break it down a little bit. Does exercise take the place of other things that maybe should be important to you. A Bible way to say this was, has exercise become your treasure? Matthew 6, the treasure principle. So how do you know? Well, let me ask you some questions. Is it easy to skip church? Maybe even, oh, in this era of health scares, right? Well, I can't go to church because I could get a certain virus. Um, But... I'm going to the gym. I'm going back to the gym. I'm going to my workout class. Like that, that could be a problem. Is it easy to skip Bible study or small group, but you would never think about skipping your spin class? Well, that's a sign. If you would skip your classes at school or maybe skip a day at work, but you'd never skip your daily run, again, Priorities may be out of line. Exercise may have become too important to your life. Exercise may have become your treasure. And really, that's another way of saying exercise has become an idol. Now, I've had clients whom I've talked to over the years who felt like God has asked them to stop exercising for a season And that always kind of feels severe when we have have that conversation. And so as I try to dig into that a little bit more, I'm asking questions like, okay, did God ask you to actually just be still? Did he ask you to like stay still and not move? Or did he ask you to give up a specific activity like aerobics or running or your Peloton, right? Because I can see how a specific sport or activity can become an idol. I can see God asking you to lay that down for a season until you can have a healthy relationship with it, or maybe even laying it down indefinitely. But I don't know that I see God telling you to not move at all. Now, I'm not saying it's not possible, but a lot of times I'll encourage these women, hey, just start walking, Now, honestly, for most people that are, I'm going to use the word addicted to exercise, walking does not sound like exercise. It did not sound like exercise to me, right? Walking is walking. And Exercise is everything harder than walking. So walking doesn't feel like enough. And a lot of the women I've coached through this are kind of like, yeah, but if I'm walking, I'm not really exercising. But I'm encouraging them like, no, but walking is good for you. (laughs) Like, I, I don't know that God has asked you or told you that you can't go walking. He's asking you to lay down this idol of exercise. Now, for some of you, maybe walking is where your idol of exercise lies, right? Maybe that's all the fitness you've done maybe walking is your thing. And y'all, I've been there too, right? Like when I just got into walking a year or so ago, I could easily convince myself that, okay, I'm tired, but I have to do this anyway. Or maybe halfway through the walk or I've walked my normal amount of time. I'm like, no, I have to keep going. And then you start thinking like, oh, well, cause this might make me thinner. (laughs) This might you know, help with all I feel like I ate last week. Like all of those disordered eating thoughts come in and that pushes walking to a place where it kind of becomes more important than it should. But the bottom line here is exercise goes bad when we start to think about movement as something that we need to change or transform our bodies instead of thinking about movement as something that we need to feel good or to enjoy life, or to increase mobility, right? There's two different outcomes for why you are exercising. And I think you have to be honest with yourself and figure out what your motivation is. Another problem with exercise when exercise goes bad, is when we're just straight up working too hard and it's hurting our bodies. And I've shared this on the show before, but I believe a lot of my thyroid, Hashimoto's, adrenal issues may be related to, first of all, not eating enough, but also over-exercising. I over-exercised for years. Now, how do you tell if you're over-exercising? There's, There's a number of ways. One of the ways, or actually a couple of the ways that I think are most helpful. Number one is if you work out and you just feel like you have to eat sugar the rest of the day. Now, sugar cravings, like that's very normal. But if it feels intensified, like I just must have sugar, that's a signal that your body was probably in an anaerobic zone of exercise for too long. And trying to recover, your body is like, no, you better give me quick energy. I need it fast, fast, fast. So that could be a sign you're working too hard. Another thing is elevated heart rate. Uh, I had this problem. My heart rate is high all the time. Another problem is just straight up exhaustion, right? Like I would go teach a 7 a.m. spin class and then come home and take an 8 a.m. nap. With my kids, you know, like it was hard. I'm like, okay, kids, you watch PBS because mom is going to lay you on the couch and be dead asleep because she just taught spin and she's not energized. She's exhausted. And then I would actually have to take another nap or even two more naps during the day on those days that I taught in early morning class because I was just working too hard. And that should have been a sign to me that my body wasn't happy with what I was doing in exercise. Because truth is, like our body should benefit from exercise. I should feel more energized because I'm moving my body. But I was moving it too hard too much. And it was hurting my body. It hurt my adrenal glands. Another part of this is injuries, right? If you are hurting yourself, and you keep going, or maybe you're working out so hard that you're not recovering quickly. And by quickly, I mean, Like, if you're working a certain body part, like let's say working on your arms, lifting, like it might hurt the next day and, you know, maybe even 48 hours later because that's when delayed onset muscle soreness really comes in, is that 48 hour mark. But day three or four, Four, you should be starting to feel good again. And so if you're still hurting, I would say you're being too hard on your body. The truth is exercise is stress on your body. And not all stress is bad, right? There, there are ways we stress our body that helps us grow, right? Lifting weights is stress on your muscles that helps your muscles become stronger. But if you're in a season of serious stress in your life, you may feel like what I really need is a hard workout and that'll release the stress. But no, that just adds stress to your body. Your body may not actually be able to handle it well. What your body may respond better to instead is gentle movement. Again, back to walking or stretching. Or what I found is I really felt like I just needed to sweat. And I think part of it is my thyroid, Hashimoto's issues, but sweating just really helped me feel better. And I thought the only way I could get to a sweat was to work out really hard, but now I've started going to an infrared sauna where I can sweat and really just move gently or sit still if I want to. And the sweat gives me that that detoxification relief that I'm craving without adding all the extra stress of a hard workout to my body. So when exercise is hurting you physically, friend you're no longer within what i would say the boundaries are of of healthy exercise according to scripture you are hurting your physical body and the question is why why are you working out so hard why are you trying to work through the pain like what are you afraid of And friend, I know the answer because it's been my answer too. So don't hear any guilt or shame or condemnation coming from me. Like the answer is I'm afraid if I stop, my body will change. I'm afraid if I stop, I'll gain weight. I'm afraid if I stop, like I'll look different. And I hear you in that fear and I understand. But no, hurting your body is not worth it. And even if you feel like you can make it through short term, my friend, <laughs> life's the long game. At least I hope it's the long game for you, for most of us, right? And so those ways that we injure ourselves when we're younger because we you know we think we can handle it, they catch up to us someday, right? You really don't want to have hip replacement and knee replacement at 40, do you? <laughs> right? Like So think about how you're treating your body. We talked about this before too, but are you being kind to your body? Are you being kind to your body in the way you think about it? Are you being kind to your body in the way you feed it? Are you being kind to your body in the way you move it? Think about body kindness as you think about exercise. Okay, my final point for today is I do want to look at this passage in 1 Timothy 4.8. Four eight, and someday we're going to go back and we're going to do all of First Timothy, or at least the first half of it, because oh, it's so good. The first part of First Timothy actually talks about like how we eat and, and how the apostasy tells us you have to eat a certain way and move a certain way, right? But first Timothy four eight, or actually First Timothy four six, begins a section of this passage that has the subhead in my Bible, at least, a good servant of Jesus Christ. So this is, how do we follow Jesus well? How do we serve him well? And let me read it for you. By pointing out these things to the brothers, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ, nourished by the words of faith and sound instruction that you have followed. Oh, I love that word nourished, right? Because we think about it so often with food. But God's using it for, we're going to be nourished by the words of faith and sound instruction. I feel like there's a message for dieters in there. Verse seven, but reject irreverent, silly myths. Instead, train yourself for godliness. Okay, now this is the verse that comes right before the verse we're going to talk about. For physical exercise is of limited value, but godliness is valuable in every way, holding promise for the present life and for the one to come. This is a trustworthy saying worthy of full acceptance. And it is to this end we labor and strive because we've set our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of everyone and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise your youth, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct, in love and faith and purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. And then finally, verse 14, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given you through the prophecy spoken over you at the laying on of hands of the elders. Be diligent in these matters and absorbed in them so that your progress will be evident to all pay close attention to your life and to your teaching. Persevere in these things for by so doing, you will save both yourself and those who hear friends. This passage is not, about why you should exercise. This passage is about why you should train yourself for godliness, why you need physical exercise, okay, but spiritual exercise, absolutely and without doubt. That is the most important way for you to be healthy. And so my question as we kind of close up today is, Are you more concerned about physical laziness than spiritual laziness? You know, that guilt and shame you feel when maybe you don't go work out like you had planned or you don't get the workout in or you didn't exercise today or this week and you you feel shame. All right. Does that consume your thoughts more than oh I didn't get to read my Bible I'm I'm upset that I didn't get to read my I didn't get to spend time with God today like like which one be honest with yourself is more important to the way you live which one has a greater impact friend physical exercise is good like we said but the goal of your life has to be godliness holiness being more like Jesus. If that's not the goal, if your goal is getting to be fit enough or getting the right body, you've missed the point. I love the part of the verse that talks about holding promise for this present life and the one to come. In this life, your physical fitness will help you for sure. But in this life, honestly, friend, your spiritual fitness is going to help you even more. Most of the obstacles you encounter in this life are about what's going on in your head and your heart, right? Yes, there's there's physical suffering for sure, no doubt. But even in physical suffering, we still have a battle in our head and our heart. Your spiritual fitness is what is going to equip you to do life well. And beyond that, It's what will be rewarded in the life to come. Like, I don't think God's going to be greeting us in heaven with like, remember getting the presidential physical fitness award, like that certificate you got in elementary school for like how many pushups or sit-ups you could do, right? Like God's not going to be at the gate of heaven. Like here's your award for physical fitness, but spiritual fitness. Yeah. There's rewards for that. There's rewards for godliness, Later in that same verse, we're instructed to command and teach spiritual fitness. Friends, I confess, I have not been good at this. I've spent more of my life teaching physical fitness than spiritual. I've hopped into many a conversation telling someone how to work out or how to eat better, but I'm not sure I've done the same thing with pushing others to spiritual fitness. So what is spiritual laziness? Again, friend, I think if you have time to work out, but you don't have time to read your Bible, things are out of order. If running gets the best moments of your day, but spending time in prayer gets those exhausted minutes before bed, there's room for improvement. None of us are perfect. We're not going to get this right every day. Again, there's so much grace for the messiness of navigating all this. But be honest. We have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be honest about what we've prioritized, what we actually treasure. What do we actually believe is important? Do we actually believe that physical fitness is better for us right now than spiritual fitness? I believed that for way too long. And as you wrestle through this question, I hope you'll understand that you can be super fit physically and still struggle with body image issues. The only cure for body image issues is spiritual fitness, not physical fitness. And we're going to dig more into that next time. I'm glad you were here today. I hope you were too. If this episode blessed you, leave a review that would help so much and hey, coaching is open. If you need someone to talk through your exercise stuff with, let's talk. Grab a time. You can go to improvebodyimage.com or compare to who.me and grab a time for coaching. Well, thanks for listening today. I hope something has helped you stop comparing and start living. And hey, we're so glad we're part of the Life Audio group. If you're looking for more great podcasts like this one, go to lifeaudio.com. you go. If something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? Is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration, and I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Jesus wants our fears to launch us toward faith. Then He grins and says, "Do you trust me?"